Today's reading comes from Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Very good. Good morning. I'm Susan Eaton. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to say, first of all, before we go any further, that if you are visiting with us this morning, we are so glad that you are here. And we hope that as you uh, spend some time here this morning, that you will truly feel uh, welcomed here and that you have a place here. Also, if you are a regular attender, we want to continue to encourage you to just be gracious and reach out in hospitality to everyone who would come in these doors. Um, You know what? Never be afraid to just err on the side of hospitality, right? So you introduce yourself to someone who's been worshiping here for 12 years. It's just fine. It really is fine. And if they've been here 12 years and you're a regular attender, it's just about time you met anyway, right? So it's it's just totally fine. But really, we want everyone that comes in these doors to know that we care that they're here and that we're happy that they're here. And we want them to feel loved and welcomed here in this place. And that's just all of us opening our eyes up to the people around us and extending love and hospitality to those that come in here. So please do that, and I thank you for doing that. A couple of other things that are going on, actually right now, um, we have um, several women, and maybe, is it just women, Deborah, or is there any men on this team that are serving on Kairos outside? Just women. There's some men. Okay, so we've got a good handful of people from Parkway Heights that are working on a retreat this weekend called Kairos Outside. And what it is, it's a spiritual life retreat for people who have 
a family member who's incarcerated. So whether it's a spouse or a sibling, um, a parent, they can go on this retreat and they are just showered with the love and the hope of Jesus Christ um, and hearing messages of redemption and restoration there. And it's just a powerful experience. And I know we've got, you know, uh, at least three of our women from this congregation that are serving there this weekend. So just know that that is happening right now. And I've already gotten uh, a message back. I think it might've been an illegal text uh, that I got back from Tammy Matlock, who was serving there this weekend, just saying that it has been overwhelming. The other thing that's been going on this morning is a team of people from this church, our senior pastor, Rob Gill, included our outreach director, Wes Arrington, and one of our Sunday school classes has been over at Fieldhouse for the Homeless. Each week, churches from this community go to the field house and they provide a breakfast on Sunday morning and a worship service and just spend time with the people there and just talk with them and listen to their stories. And again, just share the message of hope and love and grace of God, that no matter what is going on, that, that, that God is a God who creates new stories. You know, he creates new opportunities. And it has just been a blessing to, to be in partnership with them so far. So they, they should be returning probably while we're in worship. But I just wanted you to know that that's signs of a healthy church. You know, that while we're here together and we're worshiping and we're loving on each other, that we're also out. We're also out there because God is at work. And so we go where he is at work. So be praying for all of those things and that God's message of love will truly uh, be felt in our community. Well, this morning, as you've seen by our beautiful slide up here and from the video that Wes has done for us, we're starting a new series called Sticky Faith. And um, our goal for this series is just to help you understand first, what does sticky faith mean? And what does this term we've been hearing about, Team 51, really mean? And this is a subject that's really dear to my heart because it is all about um, investing in the lives of our children and our youth. And um, if you don't know this about me, before I came to Parkway Heights a little over two years ago, I served in youth ministry for 19 years. And I never thought I would do anything but youth ministry. And I just can't stay away from them now. I mean, they're just, our young people are so tremendous. And one of our little eighth graders, I shouldn't say little eighth grader, one of our very mature eighth graders who was sitting here this morning at the early service, Jackson Ford, I just targeted him. And I said, Jackson Ford, you're tremendous. And then a parent came up to me afterwards of one of our little ones who said, Mama, I know Jackson and I didn't know he was tremendous. <laughs> Isn't that great? It was Brady. And, but they are tremendous. And that's the thing. There's just so much potential. And we're going to talk about this morning and just so much joy that they bring to us. And so near and dear to my heart and what we want to be is a community that sees the value of our young people. And he looks at them and says, you're tremendous and you have boatloads of potential. So this morning, I hope that we'll get a better understanding of these terms, sticky faith and Team 51, but also a greater understanding of, of God's desire to transform us and make us a community like that. So let's begin uh, by praying together, please. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, that you're here with us through our imperfections and missing the mark and all, Lord, you never give, us, give up on us. You never fail us. And I pray this morning that we would just humble ourselves at your feet and listen to what you would say to us. May we be challenged. May we possibly be willing to be pushed out of our comfort zones. 
But Lord, may we embrace in confidence your call and truly transform us into a community that shares our faith and passes it on to the next generation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, let's just start by what we mean by sticky faith. Um, this is a term that was developed by the Fuller Youth Institute, and it just is describing what we hope is going to happen in the faith of a child or a young person long term. Simply put, we just want their faith to stick. We want it to stick, and we don't want it to stick in this way where it's just static, where maybe they look at a point in their life and go, oh, yeah, I walked the aisle when I was in seventh grade and I'm sealed and good. No, we want it to be more than that. It's that, yes, but it is growing and it is maturing and it is flourishing and it truly is just incorporated into every aspect of their life so that it doesn't just get siloed over here. Like this is something I did once and this is something that I do on a Sunday, but it really comes into every aspect of their lives so that when they're in high, out of high school and they're in college or they're in the workplace and they're faced with new challenges and, and new experiences, they've got a faith that informs how they are going to be and how they're going to live in those experiences. They've got a faith that really matters, that's really relevant to them. You know, and a lot of this this talk about sticky faith and a lot of this emphasis on passing our faith along to our young people in the churches is really coming from a trend that we're seeing that young people are seeing church less and less as relevant to their lives. You know, they're like, well, what's the big deal about church? Um, it hasn't really made that big of a difference on my life. And, and perhaps even to the point, you know, some are just choosing why is faith relevant? Right, Because we know, guys, that faith is more than religion. It's more than programming. It's more than activity. Faith has got to be modeled. It's got to be modeled by men and women who are letting the love of God come into their lives. And then it is impacting everything that they say and everything that they do. You know, faith has got to be bigger than externals. You know, it's got to be more than those things. Or our young people, you know, they're just going to walk away from it. They need to be invested in. They need to be told by someone that they matter, that God loves them, that the things they care about are important. All those things are going to help inform their faith and help it to stick to them. So that's what we want for them. And, and something that our youth pastor, Wes Ingram, has been working on in his doctorate is this concept. This is his word for this, Team 51. And it's just what that video was talking about. That it's not a program, it's a way of life. But what the main idea is that each young person needs, in addition to love and family, a team of five adults who are his fans. So you've got five adults to one youth, a five-one ratio. And these adults are people who give sacrificially of themselves to know young people, to spend time with them, to love them unconditionally, to care about their interests, listen to them, live an authentic faith before them in order that that young person can navigate life and really discover who God has created him or her to be. So they can reach their full potential in Christ. Now look, if you look at our logo here, you see that there's five different colors going around there. That, again, is just another representation to remind you when you see it that there are five significant relationships. And there is no magic number about five. We're just saying, hey, that's a good one. And uh, I guess it's just real easy to remember. But that if we can get five significant adults investing in the life of one youth, what an impact that will make 
on their life. Um, okay, so while these terms sticky faith and Team 51, they might be new terms, this concept is not new. It is ancient. So go with me back, uh, all the way back to Deuteronomy. The people of Israel, uh, they have been rescued from their slavery in Egypt. And now God has brought them together under the leadership of Moses to form them into a nation. Okay, And what God was interested in was this community, this nation, being in relationship with him. Not for the short term, not for one generation, but for the long term, for generation after generation after generation, knowing him, being loved by him, and loving him back, and living their lives in a way that reflects that. And so here in Deuteronomy 6, our whole passage is 4 through 9. He's giving them some foundational instructions that are going to ensure that this relationship is going to last over the long term. So listen again. I'll start with verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. So the first thing that he says, the first foundational piece to making sure this relationship with God in this community is going to last is love the Lord your God. You love him with all your heart and you keep his commands close to your heart. You allow him to love you and you love him back. In other words, you mind your own personal relationship with God. If I don't have the love of God pouring into me and coming out of me, I don't have much to share and pass along anyway. So that's the first thing, loving the Lord with all your heart and keeping his commands close. And then you pass along to the younger generations the commands of God. And listen, not rules, the commands of God. The commands of God show that God cares, that God loves, that God has our best interest at heart. A God who doesn't care doesn't set up boundaries for his community. These are God's commands. They show that he is our protector, that he is our provider, and he wants what's best for us. So I'm passing this along to you, children. Remember, you've got a God who cares. And obey his commands because that is how your life is going to have fulfillment. That's what we're passing on. Love, though, comes first. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of rules. And rules never transformed anybody. So, even though we hear also a lot of language um, about family in this passage, we might um, just assume Maybe that Moses is just talking to parents about passing their faith along to their children. But that's not the case because what was going on here in this culture is there's one of true community happening. So not only were their parents listening, but there were others in the crowd like aunts and uncles and grandparents and a wider circle of adults. Because family in the Old Testament, it did include parents, it did include children, but there were also workers and maybe adult siblings who were bringing their own children back into the mix. I mean, family in Old Testament could have been as many as 80 people. So what this passage is addressing here is this concept of a communal raising of children. Now that is very different 
from our culture here. But what they're saying is it is not only the parents that have the responsibility for passing their faith along to children, but it is the responsibility of the entire community to pass faith along and teach it to the generations coming behind them. Um, If you've ever been in worship here at Parkway Heights when we baptize an infant, you have stood up with this congregation and you have committed to that child and to the parents of that child to help raise that child in the faith. You say this, may we so order our lives after the example of Christ that this child would be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. We will order our lives. We will teach this child. We will come alongside. So they are surrounded by steadfast love. So see, we do this in our church now. We say that this is important every time we baptize a child here. Um, Another important concept that I want to pull out from this Deuteronomy 6 passage is that this instruction for adults to pass along their faith to children, it was never intended to be anything less than their way of life. Never intended to be anything less than their way of life. It was not a program that was left to the religious leaders at the tabernacle to fulfill. They didn't have like the Tabernacle Children's Ministry weekly newsletter that uh, and the parents night out at the Tabernacle. You know, the parents would just, you know, hey, go and teach my kid and then return them back to me fixed, right? I mean, we, they didn't do that. It was a responsibility of the whole community and it was just the way of life. It was supposed to flow out of them. It was just who they were and it was what they did. So listen again. This is verses seven through nine, but this time listen for the verbs that are showing us that it's just what you do, okay? Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're away and when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, it's like, like eating and like breathing in and out. This, this faith that God was, you know, was just passing along faith was just supposed to be a natural part of their everyday life. Natural part of their everyday life. And you know what? It is natural when you're allowing God to love you and you're loving him back when you start there. And you're just letting his love flow into you and you're loving him back, then your faith is naturally going to flow out of you. And it's going to be a part of everything you say and everything you do. So a question I want you to ask yourself first and foremost is this. Am I nurturing my own relationship with God? Am I nurturing my own relationship with God? Am I really letting God love me? Have I really embraced his love for me? Or you know what? Or did I grow up in a church setting where it was just rules and it was just what you did and it was just a program and it was just activity and I've never really embraced that God loves me, that God you know, sent Christ to die for me. Have I really embraced that? And am I nurturing the love that he has for me in my own life? That's the first question. And that is the starting point for sharing faith and helping a young person Know that God loves them. You start by letting God love you and you love him back. Second question 
I would ask for you this morning. How can I make passing my faith along to younger generations a natural part of my everyday life? You know, now I'm letting God love me. I'm loving him back. Now how am I going to make a part of my everyday life, you know, just having interaction and influence on the life of a young person? You know, getting sticky or becoming an adult who influences sticky faith in a young person means taking advantage of natural opportunities that come your way to connect with them. Now, now many of you in this room, you have natural opportunities to influence and connect with children or young people. Your parents, you are grandparents, um, or you're a relative of some other children or youth. You are teachers. You are professors. You are coaches. Um, you attend this church that is just crawling with children and youth and college students. So my question is, are you leveraging those opportunities? They are before you. How are you leveraging the opportunities to influence the life of a young person? You know, you don't have to hold a Bible study or preach in order to influence a person through your faith. You just live out your faith authentically, allowing your faith in the love of God to direct your actions and your words and your choices, showing unconditional love. Look, no matter where they are and what decisions they've been making, showing them unconditional love, making yourself available to listen to their questions and their stories and what's going on in their life. I mean, that, those things are huge in influencing a young person in their, in their personal faith. Um, just this week, I was meeting with a young man from out of town, 28 years old, didn't have a family that, that had much of a church background at all. But, I mean, he's very interested in faith, he's not opposed to it. And what he was sharing with me was that his, his boss has been the most influential person as far as his faith walk goes. Why? Because, first of all, he notices him and he asks about his life. He pulls him into his office, sit down, has conversations with him, shares about what's going on in his life. And you know what? When he talks, his faith is just woven into that because he's just living and breathing it. It's just coming out, and it's making a difference in the life of this 28-year-old young man. He is not doing rocket science. He is just being intentional. He's just caring about this person. We can do this. Don't underestimate the difference that you can make in a person's life just by being intentional and authentic with them. And you know what? If you don't think you've got natural opportunities to do this, will you just Pray that God will provide some opportunities for you. You just ask him and then start looking for them and be obedient to step up when those opportunities arise. You know, sometimes we miss opportunities because we're not asking for them and we're not looking for them. But we can all do this. We can do this. Um, Something else I want to encourage everybody in, adults and young people alike, as we really strive to be a congregation that develops intentional intergenerational relationships, it's this. Look for the potential in the people around you. Look for the potential in the people around you. Now, if I had a glass of water, I would hold it up. But I've got one on the screen, and that may be even better. But here's our little analogy, and you've seen this before. Is this glass, is it half empty or is it half full? 
Now, the way you answer that question is going to depend on the perspective that you're bringing to it. So if you're, you know, approaching with a more negative or perhaps cynical uh, perspective, you're going to say, well, that glass is half empty. If you're approaching from a more positive perspective, you're going to say, well, this glass is half full. There's a lot of potential there for that cup to be filled up a little more. My point is this. Many times we look at people from different generations with a really negative viewpoint, We look at young people as adults, and we might look at them and see all the things that we perceive that they lack, okay? Whether we perceive that to be manners or respect or responsibility or commitment, you know, follow-through, choices that reflect a lack of self-control, whatever. I mean, and maybe some people do that. Maybe that is true about a person, okay? But as soon as I just look at that young person and all I see is what they lack, then the more frustrated and the more exasperated I become with that person, then the least likely I am to want to spend time with them and invest in their lives and just love them unconditionally. Because I have started off from a negative viewpoint that they are lacking. But looking at that same young person from a view that sees all the potential that resides inside of them, a view that sees their gifts, that sees their humor, a view that remembers that God's grace is being poured over their head every day, just like it is yours, a view that remembers that God has placed inside of them everything they need to impact this world in a powerful way, if only someone will help them navigate this life and introduce them to Christ and help them nurture that relationship. You know, when we look at our young people from this view, you know, we're going to be inspired to invest in their life. And it's going to make us excited to watch them grow and mature and become all that God has planned and purpose them to be. So I encourage you adults, when you look at a young person, ask, what is God already doing in that life? Where is God already at work? And then you just join him there and you help them meet that potential. Now look, on the same note, you know, our children, our youth, our our college students, you know, need to look at adults with the same kind of positive viewpoint. You know, it's so easy to look at someone generations older than you and just think that they have nothing to offer. You know, but it's not true. A negative viewpoint looks at them and it just, again, it focuses on where you perceive they lack rather than what they have to offer you. You know, we all have potential no matter what age we are and adults especially older adults have amazing potential to give from what they've lived and what they've experienced and young people have potential to become so much more than what they currently are there's so much more that they have to explore and to learn and discover about themselves you know we just all need to quit looking at each other with these negative viewpoints and see each other as like, you have something to offer me. I wonder what that is. You have boatloads of potential. I cannot wait to see how God is going to bring that alive in you. So over these next three weeks, while we're doing this Sticky Faith series, I want to point you in the direction of a a blog website that Wes Ingram is doing. Um, This is the right um, address. I had it wrong in the earlier, so 
pass it along. I had Team 51. It's team51.com. And Wes is going to be writing articles and um, just continuing the conversation as we think and explore about how we can start doing this better as a church. Um, there'll probably be other voices coming into that and giving their input. So go there, keep up with that, get involved in the conversation, um, and talk to Wes Ingram, talk to any of us on staff if you're interested in really becoming even more intentional with this. Um, and one last thing, one last thing before I close. What we want is for you to feel empowered and inspired and hopeful when it comes to influencing our children and our youth and our young adults. And I really hope that you will pray for opportunities to connect and also take advantage of the opportunities here that are presenting themselves. We heard from preschool ministry this morning, you know. Uh, We've got age-level children's ministry, youth ministry, college ministry. We're trying to grow in all of these areas. And it's not going to be a handful of people that are going to make that happen. It's going to be when this community decides together, this is essential. This is essential for us to be healthy And it's essential for the generation coming behind us. We don't want people walking away from their faith and thinking that God's irrelevant and that church has nothing to offer them. We need to show them that we have a lot to offer each other here. And you know what? I I hope that you'll trust God with whatever effort that you bring. I mean, it can be kind of intimidating to us, but you just trust that, Lord, as I am faithful, you take my effort and you, you expand this and you grow this. I don't always get this right, and I miss opportunities. Nobody can do it alone. But as we establish um, this in our community, we create an environment where we're seeking this together. It's going to be powerful because we want our children and our young people to know that they matter. We want them to know that they're full of potential right now. And that faith is not about just keeping rules and trying not to be bad. Again, that's empty religion. And it never transformed anybody. But that faith is a vibrant, authentic relationship with the living God who loves us and cares about us and will journey with us through every aspect of our lives. That's a faith that sticks. That's a faith that is not easily shoved aside. Because that's when they experience the real relationship that God wants to have with them. So may God give us the grace and the confidence we need to do this. And may he raise up a powerful generation after his own heart. Let's pray together. God, again, we love you so much. And we just thank you, Father, for being here. As we continue to think about this, Lord, keep teaching us and keep inspiring us to make strides in this area. Lord, may we look behind us to the generations coming after us and may we love them with your love and may we see them through your eyes of grace and may you empower us to live lives that are worthy of your calling, Lord, and just show that you're good to us, even in our failings, even in our misunderstandings. Let us be honest about those things because, Lord, people can see fate coming a mile away authenticity, Lord. That's what we need, and I pray that you will do that in us. Make this a community, a vibrant, authentic 
loving relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.